Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So let's get to the Bible before I cry. Acts 2, 17 and 18. Now, this is going to be part two of a message we started last week about visions and dreams. So I encourage you to get on the podcast, listen to it. Not right now. Wait till later. But if some of the things we're saying, you had to hear last week's message to go with this week's message. But this is what it says. Acts 2.17, talking about the Holy Spirit being poured out, God's Spirit being poured out. In the last days, God says, now this was 2,000 years ago, but we're living in these days. I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. But last week, we emphasized this part of the verse. And it says that I'm going to give the young men in this move of God, I will give them visions and I will give the old men dreams. So today I want to talk about dreams to reality. Dreams to reality. Now last week we talked about visions. This week we're going to emphasize dreams, but I want to lay a little bit of groundwork for where we're going today because we just finished a series about the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings that we preached for about a month and a half about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And, and we emphasize certain things as a spirit-filled church, and we believe in those things. The Holy Spirit wants to give you a prayer language. He wants you to be able to pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. I believe that. He, he wants to come give you spiritual gifts, uh, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, gifts of being able to interpret other tongues, gifts of being able to prophesy. God brings that to us through the Holy Spirit. I believe in that. God brings us power to live a new life by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings a lot of stuff into our life. But one of the things he brings as well is he brings visions and dreams. That without the Spirit of God, we wouldn't have those same visions and dreams. But with the Spirit of God, we're able to see a new vision and dream a new dream because the Spirit of God lives in us. So important. And I believe strongly today, and that's why I started it last week, that God wants to do that in us as a church family. And I believe that because we are living in such a discouraging time. The world is discouraging. The news is discouraging. The economy is discouraging. And even more since COVID started back really 2019, 2020, even though, you know, nowadays people said, yeah, I had COVID back 2016. No, you ate at Golden Corral in 2016. That was the symptoms you had. It wasn't COVID. But COVID was probably present there and Chuck E. Cheese at that time in 2016. Um, I go back to my points here. But especially since COVID, a lot of people that had big visions, big dreams, they threw them out the window. Because everything changed. It was like, you have to stay in your house. You can't talk to people. You can't be around people. You know, people were losing their jobs. One thing after another, after another, after another. And the sad part is believers were acting just as fearful as the world. 
They were acting just as hopeless as the world. They were acting just as upset as the world. And it was upsetting, but we don't have to live like they live because we have the Spirit of God in us. Come on now, church. And a lot of people, even since 2019, 2020, some of the visions and dreams that God has had in their heart, even for a long time, has went dead. And dormant because they decided, well, things are different now. The economy's different now. The world is different now. Maybe God can't do it now. Now, why are you believing that? That's not what God says. It's not based off any outside circumstance whether God can do it or not. It's not based on the economy whether God can still move in your life in visions and dreams. It's not based on what's happening in Ukraine and Russia whether God can move in your life. It's not based off what's happening in America or what's happening around the world. God wants to do something in our life and he wants to put visions and dreams in our heart. And I believe today and last week that God wants to resurrect some old dreams and visions in your heart. But he also wants to give you some new ones. Because maybe you're here today and I'm like, I've never had either. Well, good. God's going to give you a new one starting today. And he's going to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me today? I feel good about this so far. I really liked my Chuck E. Cheese joke, but you guys didn't seem like you. Maybe you haven't been there in a while, but I have. Yeah, it's special. They need the Lord down there. In the words of Brother Joe, he used to call that place the rat. And uh, it's pretty true. They probably have rats there at Chuck E. Cheese. Back to my message. But I want to talk about it more. But why are visions and dreams so important? Well, here's the main thing about visions and dreams. Your faith has to have something to target. Now, all of us believe in here that we need faith, and we're a faith church. We're known for that because faith is the way we please God. Faith is the way that we receive the promises of God. Faith is the way that we get into God's perfect will for our life. Faith is the way we do God's plan for our life. Everything that we do should be by faith. And if we're going to do it and it's going to be God's will and God's plan, we receive it by faith. Are you with me? And faith is believing and trusting in Jesus and what he has for your life. But your faith is not just aimless it has to have a target you have to be actually having a direction and a target for your faith to look at so you know what to use your faith on many people are saying well i'm a faith person i believe god but about what about what most people don't have an answer to that guess what's going to happen Nothing is going to happen because your faith has to have a target, has to have a goal, has to have something it can reach out and grab by the hand of faith and bring it into reality. But if you're just shooting at nothing or shooting aimlessly with your faith, you will never receive from God. So yeah, faith is important, but the reason I'm emphasizing visions and dreams because faith needs visions and dreams, and visions and dreams need faith to make it come to pass. 
And you can't have one without the other. You need visions and dreams in your heart that the Holy Spirit puts there so your faith has something to target and go after. That you can see what God has for your future. You can see what God has for your health. You can see what God has for your marriage. You can see what God has for your kids. You can see what God has for your church. You can see what God has for your finances. And you see that by the Holy Spirit in visions and dreams. And once you see it, your faith has something to take hold of and bring into reality. I'm already preaching in this Methodist church this morning. So you need visions and dreams. It's not just for those that are in leadership just need visions and dreams. Or those in the business world just need visions and dreams. We all need visions and dreams for our life and what God wants to do in it. Now, this is the definition I gave last week to vision and dreams. I said, a vision is direction for today. But a dream is God giving you hope for tomorrow. Vision is a direction for today. But a dream is God giving you hope for tomorrow. Now, with visions and dreams, both of these concepts imply the idea of being able to see something. But not with these eyes. With this. With your heart. With your spirit. And with, with both visions and dreams, you have to be able to see what God has for you. Not with these outside eyes, but the Bible says the eyes of your heart. The eyes of your spirit. And you can see that because the Holy Spirit now lives in you. He can show you things to come. He can show you things that you can't see. He can show you things different from the place that you grew up in. He can show you things different from the family that you were born into. He can show you things different from the circumstances around you. He can show you a future for every part of your life that you can't see with these eyes. And he does it by his spirit in visions and dreams. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to show us these things, and he will show us these things. Now, now when I'm talking about visions and dreams, I'm not just talking about um, the, the more supernatural side of it. We would call it like people have a prophetic dream when they're actually asleep and, and see something. I don't have those. Um, I actually had one this past week about AMZ. I won't tell you what happened in it, but I was mad at him in the dream. I shared it with him. I said, this better not be a prophetic dream. I preached on vision to dream. This is my first dream I've had that had like an actual like real life situation in it. But he was ignoring me in the dream and I woke up mad at him. I'm like, Amzie, what? Come on, man. And I was like, I woke up. I'm like, I pray that that's not a prophetic dream because he's not singing on the platform anymore. He was like, brother, I promise you, that's not real life. I would never do that to you. It's not a prophetic dream. Hopefully not. Hopefully it was just bad pizza from Chuck E. Cheese. Hopefully that's what it was. But I, I love this, this definition of dreams. Now, now dreams are, are something that you see that God puts in your heart about your future. It's hope for 
tomorrow. It's hope for your future. But I love the way uh, that someone wrote this about dreams. Dreams are not just what you see in your sleep. It's the thing in your heart that doesn't let you sleep. You know, I believe it was Sister Act 2, which is anointed by the Lord, that movie, by the way. (laughs) The mom said to the daughter, if you go to bed thinking about singing, and you wake up thinking about singing, and at lunchtime you think about singing, and the afternoon you think about singing, and the nighttime you think about singing, guess what? You need to be a singer. That's what God puts in your heart. It's not just the thing that you see during your sleep. It's the thing that doesn't let you sleep. That God has put in your heart that divine dream. That divine purpose for your life. I got that about preaching a long time ago and being a pastor in church. That's what I know. I eat, sleep, and breathe church. Not because I have to, because I want to. And it doesn't let me sleep some nights. It really doesn't. And I take sleep supplements to help me sleep. But some nights I have idea after idea after dream after dream for this church come to me. I have dream after dream after dream about messages I need to preach and and, and things I need to do with the teams and things I need to talk to the staff about and things I need to do to help dad's ministry and an idea about this and an idea about this and an idea about this. Why? Because God is giving those to me by the Holy Spirit. It's not just the things I see when I go to sleep. It's the things that I see that doesn't let me sleep. That's a God-given dream. Now, now, mine happens to be being a pastor in church, but yours could be something else. And I bet you do have something right now you're thinking about. That's a dream that God has put into your heart. But a dream is hope for tomorrow. And something about faith, faith and hope go together. Faith and hope go together. Once again, your faith needs something to target, to, to reach out and grab and hold on to. But that's hope. And that's what a dream is. Dream is hope for tomorrow. It's hope for your future, that you, you can see the future that God has for you in your heart. It's hope. Now, let's think about this. This word hope is not always translated right into the way that we talk in 2022. Because when we use the word hope now, it doesn't mean the Bible definition of hope. So when I say hope for tomorrow and God wants to give you hope and that faith and hope work together, you need hope in your future, a dream, so your faith has something to grab onto, a lot of us are thinking that means being wishful. Or we say in stuff like this, we say, well, I sure hope so. That's not the Bible definition of hope. That's a modern definition of hope that has nothing to do with the scriptures, but a lot of times we say hope... Well, I'm hoping and praying, brother. You ain't, you ain't praying for nothing. No, no, no. Those are those shoulda, woulda, coulda people. Like, I sure wish it would happen. I hope so it happens. That's not the Bible definition of faith and hope. And that's not the definition I'm talking about. The Bible definition of hope, when it says hope in the Bible, and God wants to give you hope and a dream for your future, it means confident expectation. It's not, I sure wish God does something. I sure hope so. There's no confident expectation in that. 
The Bible definition is that you have confident expectation in what God is going to do in your future. That's the biblical definition of hope. So we need that for our faith to work with. That's your dream. Hope for tomorrow. Let's read a verse here. Hebrews 11.1. 1, very famous faith verse. But notice what it says. Faith is the confidence... Because hope's not wishing. It's confident expectation of what God's going to do in your future. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Not I sure wish God would do it. Or I sure hope so. No, it ain't happening. But faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Look at what it says in the Passion Translation of this verse. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. But it says faith brings our hopes into reality. Brings our hopes into reality. So, yes, we need our faith. But we have to have a dream for our faith to hold on to and bring into reality. So this morning, when I say hope, it means confident expectation of what God is going to do in your future. And we all need that. But how does that happen? By the Holy Spirit giving us a dream for our life and for our future. And then once we have that, our faith has something to get to work on that we can use our faith to grab onto that with confident expectation that God's going to do it and we bring that into reality by faith. Still follow me this morning. But that's what a dream is. Dream is hope for tomorrow. Confident expectation of what God is going to do in our future. Now hear me this morning, and I've had this on my heart, and I believe all of us need some new dreams in here. And all of us need some new visions in here. But let me talk to some people that are a little bit older in this place this morning. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And I've had this on my heart for everybody in here, but especially those of you who are a little bit older or retirement age, that just because you retired, you did not retire from God's plan. You did not retire from the kingdom of God. You did not retire from the call of God. And just because you're older, God still wants to do something new if you start dreaming again. The Bible says the Spirit will give dreams to the old men. That they would dream a new dream. And I feel this strongly. Stop counting yourself out of God's plan just because you're getting older. Stop counting yourself out of God's plan just because you're retired. God still has more for you. God still has dreams for you. They might not look like the younger version of yourself, but they can still be just as good. God wants to dream some new dreams in your heart if you let him by the Spirit. So, so dreaming about your future and what God could do is not a young man's game only. 
This is about everybody. God wants to give young and old visions and dreams of what he can do in your future. Come on, are you with me this morning? I feel this strong. There's a lot of you in here that are just existing just because you got a little bit older. God has more for you if you'd allow him to do it. You're not too old. Just because you're retired from your job does not mean you're retired from church and from God's plan. He has more for you. And guess what? You got more time on your hands than other people do now. And that time is not meant to sit on your back porch and think about the good old days. That time is to get in your prayer closet and start praying since you've got all that time on your hands. Start praying for your kids. Start praying for your grandkids. Start praying for your church family. That time is not to just twiddle your thumbs and go fishing every day. That time is to come volunteer at church and be a part of what God's doing. That time is to take out younger men and women in this church and start going to coffee with them and going to lunches with them and start imparting all that wisdom that you had all these years. Not to get old and keep it to yourself. Because God wants to set some new things in your heart. He wants you to dream some new dreams. He wants to give you some new visions, not just for the young people. For the young and the old. That's what the verse says in Acts. The young and the old are going to be a part of what God is doing on the earth and in the move of God. Are you with me? Are you retirement age people with me? Come on. Act like you got a dream here. Say amen. Or oh my, either way. I love you this morning, but I feel like God had laid that on my heart to say that before we go any further, that you need to start dreaming with God again. I don't care if you're 80. I don't care if you're 90. I don't care if you're 100. God still has more for you. If you're not dead, you're not done. Right? If you still got breath in your lungs and you still got something to do on this earth, God gave you another chance for a reason. Don't waste it. Are you hearing me today? Do not waste what God can do in your life. And we need you as a church family, don't we, church family? We don't just need the young and the middle age. We need the old and everybody in between. That's what a healthy family looks like. We need you guys. But God wants you to do more in your latter years than you did in your earlier years. That only happens when you start dreaming some new dreams with the Holy Spirit. It's never, you're never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. I'm feeling good about this. How about you? <laughs> when I talk about dreams today, this is what I'm not saying. I just want to clarify this before we go further. I'm not saying this idea of, if I just believe I'm a unicorn and that's my dream, God will do it. No, he won't. And I'm not preaching dreams in the sense of, if you just go to Disney World and somebody sprinkles some pixie dust on you and you're, all your dreams in your heart will come true. That's not what I'm saying either. Because, because if that was what I was saying, then a lot of us are going to be disappointed here. Because guess what? I'm not playing in the NBA right now. <laughs> By saying dream a new dream and dream with God and God wants to bring your dreams to pass, I'm not saying everything you think up in your mind is from God. 
Hear me this morning. And also not everything that you want to do with your life is not necessarily God's dream for your life. And not everything that you want to do, God's not going to help you do because that's not his dream for your life. I don't want to get you discouraged this morning, but I'm trying to bring some balance to what I'm saying. When I'm saying dreaming a new dream and dreaming with the Holy Spirit, I'm saying what God is putting in your heart by the Holy Spirit. That is God's dream for your life. That is God's plan for your life. That's God's will for your life. Not just anything you think up with and you want God to co-sign it. Because that's what a lot of people do, and then they're disappointed when it doesn't happen. Guess what? Because you were doing it yourself. God ain't helping you just do whatever you want to do. But he will help you do what he's called you to do. He will help you do what his will is for your life. He will help what he's put in your heart by dreams and visions by the Spirit. And that is what I'm saying. But I don't want us to be disillusioned because you're thinking, well, he's just said anything I make up and think about, God's going to make my dreams come true. No. What he's told you he's going to do is, he's, is what he's going to help you do. And the things he's put in your heart. And here's the good news about a God dream. Because some of you are like already discouraged by what I said. God's dream for your life is better than your dream for your life. God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. So you're thinking, man, I thought I could do whatever I want. And God just did what, you know, he just co-signed it with me. No, that's not necessarily true. But don't worry about that. God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. God's dream and God's vision for your life is better than your vision for your life. If you just listen to him. And not only is he going to put that into you by the spirit of God, he's going to give you the desire and power to do it. Now, that's a better life right there than just trying to do it yourself and figure it in out and, and trying to work and earn it yourself. No, God will help you do it if it's his dream for your life. He's the one who's going to help you to accomplish what he has for you and what he's put in your heart. You with me? Still follow me? Okay. So I want to say a couple things about a, a God dream before I tell you about the journey to get to your dreams. How do I know if it is a God dream that he's putting in my heart? The first thing is, and I got three things real quick. The first thing that you would know that it's a God dream is you need God for it to happen. I thought I would have got a little bit better amen on that. A God dream means you need God for it to happen. It needs to be bigger than you. The dream should scare you a little bit. That means it's probably from God. If you didn't need God in your dream, then it's not from him. But I tell you what, right now, everything I'm doing with my life, I need him. So I know it's from God. Being a father, being a pastor, leading this church, taking this church to be the region changing church is called to be. I can't do that in my own strength, in my own self. That's why I know it's a God dream because if he doesn't come through, it ain't going to happen. I know it's from him. And the number one way you know that it's a God dream is it's bigger than what you can do. If you could do it, you wouldn't need him. 
So why would God give you something that you don't need him for? No, if it's from God, you need him for it to happen. Now, I know that God wants to move in your life and he wants to use you. But think about this. You need a dream so big, you need him to come through for you and him to accomplish it and his power to help you do it. Why? So in the end, he gets the glory. Not you. Because people knew you before that dream and they said they could never do that. It had to be the Lord. They could have never started that business. It had to be the Lord. They could have never got into that marriage and had that type of relationship. It had to be the Lord. They never could have had that career. It had to be the Lord. They never could have done that. It had to be the Lord. God wants a dream so big, he's the only one that can get the glory out of your life. Help me this morning. I'm preaching 25% better than you're responding. But we want to do things that we can do. They don't challenge us too much. Just enough that we can do it so we can get the glory for it. But no, notice if it's a God dream, it's so much bigger than you. The only way it's going to happen is God's going to help you do it. And then when he does, he gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. He gets all the honor because he's the one who did it. And everyone around you who knows you knows it had to be the Lord. You know what that scripture says in the Old Testament? If the Lord was not on our side, it had to be God working in their life. It had to be God who changed them. It had to be God who healed them. Come on now. It had to be God who did that. It had to be God who helped them start that business. It had to be God that turned their life around. It had to be God that got them out of debt. It had to be God who did this. If it's a God dream. Second thing about a God dream, it should have eternal value. Shouldn't just be temporary. Are all your dreams just for temporary pleasure? Now, God doesn't care about you having pleasure and enjoyment in life. He created us to have that. But are all your dreams that way? Temporary? If it's from God, it should have eternal significance. When your dream happens, it should matter in eternity. It should matter in the future. If it's from God and if it's a dream from him. The last thing is, if it's a God dream, when you accomplish it, it will help more than just you. You you don't have to respond out loud, but do all your dreams revolve just around you? Do all your dreams just revolve around you? Why do you want what you want? Why do you want what you want? Why do you want that dream? Is it all just about you? If it's a God dream, yeah, it will affect you and it will help you, but not only you. Because God is going to accomplish his dream in your life. And when he accomplishes it, it's going to help somebody else other than just you. 
Because that's the way God works. When he blesses you, it's not just for you. It's to bless other people. When God gives you a gift, it's not just for you. It's to help other people with that gift. When God helps you, it's not just to help you. It's to help other people with that gift. So when God accomplishes his dream in your life, it's not just going to help you. It's going to help other people. If it's from God. Once again, are, but are all your dreams just about you? God doesn't mind you thinking about you. But you got to get beyond that sometime in your life. Are all your dreams just about you? Now, I know, I know you're going to quote me the verse. Well, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Yes, he will. But not by seeking them. I believe that God will give you the desires of your heart. I believe he will make personal things come to pass in your life, but not by seeking them. It's by seeking his kingdom first. It's by seeking his plan first. It's by seeking his dream first. Then that's just extra on top of the cake. But it's not by pursuing those things, the truck, the car, the relationship, this and that. That's trivial stuff compared to God's dream for your life. You'll get that, but when you pursue his dream for your life, If it's a God dream, it will affect more than just you. And when you get it, it will help other people around you. Sometimes we got to ask ourselves these questions. Why do I want what I want? Do I want it because God's plan is that? Or do I want it for selfish reasons? Why do I want what I want? Trust me, if you pursue God's dream for your life, and God's plan for your life. And you seek his kingdom first. Like the Bible says. All of the things that you desire will be added to it. But you're seeking his plan and his dream first. And those come easy as a byproduct of what you're called to do. So how do you know if it's a God dream? Well, first of all, you need him to accomplish it. It needs to have eternal value. But when you get it, it should help more than just you. Those are some ways to judge whether the dream that you have in your heart is from God or not. You still with me today? So let's talk about this a little bit further. I know we're at 40 minutes. Best 40 minutes of your life so far, right? <laughs> Been a pretty good run to now, but the last 40 were pretty amazing, to say the least. Talking about a God dream in your heart, what God wants to put in your heart. And I need actually this whiteboard, so could one of you gentlemen over there, Brother Sean, or one of those guys over there, could you bring that for me? Thank you, sir. <laughs> this is like the master and the pupil. You taught me how to do this. I'm just doing what you taught me here. Okay. It's going to be a very uh, simple example, but we're talking about God's dream for your life, right? So we've established that God has a dream for your life, and probably a lot of them. 
and he wants to give you some new ones and resurrect some old ones. And he does that by giving you hope. What is hope? Hope is confident expectation of what God is going to do in your future. And we talked about how do you know if it's a God dream? So you're, you're, you're there with me. So we're talking about a God dream. So this is, what, this is what it looks like. Can we see this so far? Pretty much in the back there. So here you are, right here. This is you. I was excellent in art class, so you're welcome for this. This is the place right here where God puts a dream in your heart, where you can really see what God has for you. And this is you right here. But this is the dream fulfilled, the dream coming to reality. Now, this is the way we think this is going to go. Here's your dream in your heart. You heard pastor preach about it. I got it. I can see it. Everything's new now. I got this, these God dreams in my heart. I got faith. I got hope. Here's the reality of it coming to pass. This is, this is how you think it's going to happen. Okay. If you think this is what's going to happen, you're going to be pretty discouraged in life. This is what it looks like. Now, why am I, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to discourage you? No, I'm doing this actually to encourage you. Why? Because if you think that everybody's story looks like this and yours doesn't, you're going to think something's wrong with me. Maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe God's not wanting to fulfill his dream in my life because everybody else's story looks like this on Pinterest. Right? Everybody else's story looks like this on Instagram. But that's just what they show you. That's not what their story really looks like. Okay. If it's a God dream, it starts here. God puts it in your heart. Here's the reality of it. This is more what it looks like. You're welcome. You're done. Dismiss. Go. <laughs> now, why am I telling you that? Once again, not to discourage you, but to encourage you because you need to realize when God puts it into your heart and it comes to pass, it's not going to be a straight shoot to get there. Because if you think it is, you're going to give up between here and here. The reality that every great man and woman, boy and girl, who's ever done anything for God, life has looked just like this. Why? Because we are not in this earth alone. We have an opposer called the enemy of your soul, and he comes to stop the plan and dream for your life. 
Yeah, if there was no opposition, if there was no enemy, if there was no people against you, if there was no situations and circumstances coming against you, yeah, your life would look like this to this. But you don't live in this type of world. You live in a fallen world with fallen people and an enemy to your soul, which is the devil, who will do everything in his power and strength to stop and discourage God's plan for your life. That's why it looks like that. But here's the good news today. You can get from here to here if you don't give up. Now, I want to I share a few more things with you. Now, stay with me. Are, are you with me? About some of these situations that happen between getting here to here. Because I want to leave you encouraged. And I want you to know this getting into God's dream for your life. So you don't give up right here. And you don't give up right here. And you don't give up right here. But you make it from here to the reality of God's dream happening in your life. And I want to share a couple of these things because they come from the story of Joseph in the Bible. Now, if you know anything about Joseph, and you can read it later, it's Genesis 37 to 50, the chapters. Joseph was a dreamer. He was known as the dreamer in the Bible. And Joseph's life looked a lot like this. To give you a quick recap of Joseph's life is that Joseph, when he was a young man, God gave him dreams of his future, gave him dreams of his brothers, gave him dreams of what he was called to do. And the dream was that one day he would be in a position of authority to help other people. And even his brothers would bow down before him. And so God was giving Joseph these dreams that were from God about his future. But then there's something that happened between here and here that all of us have to face. And I'm going to talk about two of them today. And they're two tests that we have to pass to get to here with our dream. So once Joseph had those dreams in his heart. There was many, many years before he eventually became the prime minister of Egypt here. But he could have given up any time between here and here because there was test that happened between here and here. Why? Because there was an enemy trying to oppose him to get to here. I want to share two of those tests that we have to pass for our God dream to come to pass. Is that okay? Now, of course, the obvious things need to happen for us to go from God putting it in our heart for it to come to pass. Like we need to believe it. We need to speak it. We need to write it. We need to work what God has put in our heart. But we also have some tests that we need to pass for our dream to come to pass. The first test that we have to pass for our dream to come to pass is the test of character. The test of character. Here's what this looks like. In the story of Joseph, of course, we know he had those dreams. Then he told all his brothers those dreams. 
He thought they would be excited for him. They were not, to say the least. They, they were mad at him. They were haters on Instagram. <laughs> tweeting at Joseph. And they didn't like it because he had a dream for his life. Hey, and before we go any further, if you're actually going to do something with your life, people aren't going to like it. If you're actually going to think big and believe big, small-minded people will not like you. If you're actually going to go for what God has called you to do, family members will give you problems about this. Why? Because they want to stay the same old, same old, stuck in a rut, doing absolutely nothing with their life. So family and friends will not always applaud you when you want to pursue what God has for you. Why? Because they don't want to do anything with their life. And you doing something with yours shows up their lack of faith and their lack of dreaming. That was free. That wasn't even in my notes. So this is what happened. Joseph tells his brothers his dream, and he's pumped. He's at the life group. Hey, guys, this is what God showed me last night. And everybody's like, really? Okay. So after he shared that dream with his brothers, his brothers were jealous of his dream. Then it says his brothers took him, threw him in a pit to die, grabbed his coat, took it back to his father, said, he's dead. We don't have to deal with Joseph anymore. Of course, they went back and Joseph was still alive. Then on top of that, his friends and family sold him into slavery instead of killing him. But then when he was in slavery, he was sold to a man in Egypt who was a very well-known leader named Potiphar. And when he was sold to Potiphar, he became the, really the head servant at his house. Are you following me so far? So, so far in Joseph's life's life, here's the dream. Here's how it's going. Here's him telling his brothers. In a pit, literally. Starting to get a little better. Maybe they'll just leave me here. Nope, sold into slavery. But all the way through here, Joseph never gave up on the dream that God put in his heart. But he had to pass some tests to get from here to here. The first test he passed was the test of character. The test of character is this. Are you willing to do what's right when no one's looking? Are you willing to be consistent and faithful when you're not popular? Are you willing to be faithful with the $10 you do have? God's not going to give you $100,000. The Bible says if you're faithful over the little, you'll be faithful over much. With every dream we have, God will see if we have character. Why? Because he would be an irresponsible father if we're not faithful with the little we do have. Why would he put us at the, as the prime minister of Egypt to be unfaithful on this level? But he had to pass the test of character first, and we all do, to get to God's dream for our life. Will you do what's right when no one's looking? Not just at church, but at your job, 
at your house, on your phone. Oh, y'all don't want to talk? The test of character. Why? Because you have to prove that you have the right character to get to where God has for you. If you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful over much. So this is what happened when, when Joseph was at Potiphar's house. And I'm, I'll be closing in a couple hours or so. <laughs> Sometime soon. There was Potiphar was there who was a leader in Egypt. There's Potiphar's wife, Real Housewives of Egypt. She was on that show. <laughs> and by the way she acted. She fit the part. So we got Potiphar's wife on the Real Housewives of Egypt. Unrated version. And <laughs> Joseph is in Potiphar's house, and, and Potiphar's given more, more stuff to, for Joseph to do. Why? Because he's proven himself faithful. He's proven himself consistent. He's proven himself that he's got character. So Joseph is slowly Coming up to here, it might not look like it all the time, but he's making progress because he's passing the test of character. But then came the biggest test, which is usually the biggest test for most men. Potiphar's wife, one time when he was alone at the house, said, I'd like to talk to you naked. <laughs> not just I would like to talk to you. Now, you could put two and two together. She was trying to sleep with Joseph. Now, she was probably older than Joseph, real housewife, and she saw Joseph, and there was a test Joseph had to pass. And this is what Joseph said, because she grabbed his coat as he was leaving, and she said, it, it won't matter, nobody else will know about it. And he goes, no, I can't do that, because God will know about it. And I'm not doing it for me or for you, and I'm not doing it for Potiphar. I'm doing it for the God that can see me when I'm just by myself. Because I'm not just trying to pass your test. I'm passing his test of character, and he's looking at things that nobody else can see. What am I doing when no one sees me? That's who I really am. And if you want to get your dream to come to pass, you got to pass the test of character to get here. Why isn't my dream come to pass? How's your character? You didn't expect me to say that, did you? How's your character? Now, I'm not saying if you messed up, you'll never get there, but I'm saying you got to do something now with your future. And notice what happened to Joseph. Joseph left the house when she was asking him to sleep with her. He ran away and he said, I can't do this because God will see it. And I need to have character for the dream that he's placed in my heart. And when he did that, she told a different story to Potiphar. And of course, we know that he went to prison over that. What a life. But how many know sometimes it feels like that? You do the right thing and you still lose the job. You do the right thing and you didn't get the promotion. You do the right thing and, and something didn't turn out right. Don't be discouraged by that. It's all part of the process from getting your God dream right here. But don't be discouraged because he passed the test of character. You still with me? Steve, can you come play and we're going to wrap this up. But here's the second test he passed. The test of discouragement. Verse 
the test of discouragement. I think a lot of people fail this test more than the test of character. Between the time that God says something in your heart by a dream and the time it comes to pass, a lot of us get so discouraged we give up. Think about this today. Think about Joseph's life. Joseph's life from here to here. He had every opportunity to give up and be discouraged. One thing, his brothers hated him, tried to kill him, tried to then throw him into slavery. Then he got promoted. Then he got fired, thrown in prison for doing the right thing. Was in prison for 14 years. But he had to pass the test of discouragement. And you do too. Between the time that God gives you something and the time it comes to pass, you have to pass the test of discouragement because God wants to know, will you keep going? Will you keep pursuing your dream? Will you keep that dream in your heart when you're discouraged, when you're depressed, when things are against you, when you got rejected again, when you got another door shut in your face, when somebody else said no, when it doesn't look like it, you have to pass that test. Of course, we know the greatest tool of the enemy is to discourage you so much you give up on believing God anymore. Why? Because if he can steal your hope, he can take your faith and your dream from you. But Joseph kept that dream in his heart through all these dips. He kept it, he kept it, he kept it. And he had every reason to be discouraged and give up, but he didn't. And he passed the test of character, but he also passed the test of discouragement to get to here. And all of us have to do the same. Look at this verse, Proverbs 13, 12, in the New Living. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when a dream fulfilled, it is a tree of life. But notice that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Has anyone ever been there before? But when a dream fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Hear me today. You have an enemy. And his goal is to not only steal your character, but to steal your faith and hope that you're so discouraged you give up on God's plan. That's the only way he can stop you is if you give up. But he will bring thing after thing after thing to get you to give up your hope so your dream will not happen. Are you with me so far? I'm closing. But I want to be vulnerable with you for a moment. You know, this is the thing I struggle with more than anything is discouragement. Even the past 10 years of my life, I've had physical issue after physical issue, mental issue after mental issue. The past three years of my life, I experienced a brother-in-law dying, 
a mom dying, a divorce, pain after pain, after trauma, after trauma in the last decade of my life. I'm not wearing that with the badge of honor, but I want to say this. There's a reason for it. Because of the dreams and the plans of God for this church, for my life, for the future of this house. And the enemy knows if I can get him so discouraged, he'll give up himself. He knows that for me, but he knows that for you. But, but I've noticed over the past several years, I'm a different person than the person I used to be, and I don't like that. I'll tell you what I mean by that. When I was younger, complete optimist, always hopeful, extrovert, 100%. I'm not anymore. And I know it's because of life circumstances. Anybody ever been there? The enemy, life, situations, circumstances. If they beat on you enough, you start changing. Physically, you start changing. Mentally and emotionally, you start changing. You become a different person than the person you used to be. And at almost 35 years old, I'm a different person than I used to be. I don't like that, but I am. You're bumming me out, Pastor. We're going to get to a good note here. But why? Test of discouragement. If I can keep you here, 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 you'll never get here. Because it's about the dream being fulfilled. But I was having this talk with God because, now I don't say it on Sunday mornings because I, I would never say that on Sunday mornings. But, but personally, I think stuff all the time. And in my, my mind, because of all those things happen, I'm a very cynical person at times. I've been in church my whole life. I've seen situations that didn't work out right. And after a while, you think, I don't have the hope I used to have when I was younger. I used to be more optimistic. But not just for me, for all of you in here, if you let the enemy and life circumstances discourage you and you don't do anything about it, you'll become a very bitter, cynical, hopeless person. And that's exactly the plan that the enemy has for you to be. Because if he knows I can get you here, Ain't nothing going to happen in your life. You'll never fulfill God's dream. You'll never fulfill God's plan because you have no hope. And if you have no hope, you have no faith to work with it. Did you guys go home or are you still here? I'm closing. I'm closing. I promise. But, but God was saying to me, you got to get your hope up. And not just about church stuff, because it's weird in my mind. I guess this is a therapy session. Just help me this morning. Exactly like you're a good listener. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, okay. 
I have dream after dream after dream and so much hope for this church and for all of you. That's not the problem. But he was talking about me personally. I don't dream anymore about myself at all or hope about my future myself at all. I do about all of you. It's good for you guys, right? I do about this church, but God says you've let the enemy and circumstance after circumstances knock that out of you so much. You don't ever think about your personal life and future being any different. And you've lost your hope in some of those areas. Why am I saying this? Because I feel like it's going to help some of you in here. Because if your pastor can say this, maybe you'll be honest enough to say this is where you're at too. God was saying, you do great at dreaming about other people's life. You help them so much. You do great about dreaming about the church. You do great about dreaming about dad's ministry. You do great about dreaming all these things. But you don't for yourself at all. Because you've let these discouragement after discouragement after discouragement knock that hope out of you. And if there's no hope, there's no faith to work with it. Am I helping anybody today? And this is what he told me, and I believe this is for you. He said, you got to get your hopes back up. Because if your hopes aren't up, then I can't help you because you have to have something to reach out by faith and hold on to. Your hopes have diminished. And I think this is for a lot of people in here because I know you preach a message like this, people say that are cynical like myself, don't get my hopes up, preacher. Don't get my hopes up. God, don't get my hopes up again. But he's saying, you got to get your hopes up because if your hope's not up, there's nothing for your faith to work with. And that's not being naive. That's not ignoring the circumstances. That's being the way that God has created us to be. Having a confident expectation of good in your future. And God has to have that to work in your life and his dream to come to pass. So I am saying this morning, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up, not just about one area, but every area. Not just about one situation, but every situation. Get your hopes up. And how does that happen? By the power of the Spirit. I know you've been through some junk like me. God never said we'd be exempt from all this. He did say he would give us victory over all this. And if we stayed with it, and if we kept going, and we kept using our faith, and we passed the test of character, and we passed the test of discouragement, and we stayed with what God has told us, the dream will come to pass. But you are the only one that can make that decision. Your pastor cannot make that decision for you. Your, your husband or wife cannot make that decision for you. No one else can make that decision for you. 
But I want you as your pastor, I want the dreams that God has placed into your heart to become a reality. But you got to go through these things to get to here. And you can overcome these roadblocks or oppositions from the enemy with your character and with discouragement to get to here. You can do it. Hear me this morning. You can do it. God has given you the Holy Spirit in you to do it, to give you the power and desire to overcome temptation, to give you the power and desire to live right, to give you the power and desire to be hopeful when you don't feel hopeful. God's given you the desire and power to not give up. God's given you the desire and power to press past those oppositions, press past those circumstances, press past those, those things that come into your life to discourage you to give up what God has for you is from the enemy. But you don't have to stay there. But this is what happened when, when Joseph was right here 14 years, 14 years in prison, thinking about his whole life, discouragement after discouragement after discouragement, and he's in prison. He kept the dream alive. He kept God's faith in his heart. He kept hope about his future because he said, no, God, I know prison is not where you showed me. And I want to say that to you this morning. Prison is not where God has showed you. Sickness is not where God has showed you. Divorce is not where God has showed you. Being depressed is not where God has showed you. Debt is not where God has showed you. An insignificant life is not where he showed you. So if you're right here, God's not done yet. But only you can defeat you if you give up right here. And he was in there for 14 years. And guess what? One day happened because he kept his attitude right. He kept his character right. He kept his faith right. He kept his hope and his dream right. And he overcame discouragement. One day somebody came knocking from the king's house and said, Do you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody who can interpret a dream? Guess what? We happen to have a dreamer who lives here. His name's Joseph. And Joseph went to the king's palace and interpreted his dream because the Spirit of God gave him the words to say. And the next day he was in the palace being the prime minister of Egypt. And every dream that God spoke to Joseph came to pass. And then later on in his life, when he got to help all of the Egyptians and all of his family, he told his brothers, the enemy meant it for evil, but God has worked it out for my good. I'm going to throw this marker if you don't shout louder. And let it be said the same thing for you today. You thought you had me right here, devil. 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 But what you meant for the evil to destroy me, God turned it for my good. Does anybody believe that this morning? Or is that just me? Is this message just for me or is it for anybody else today? Maybe you guys haven't been through enough to understand what I'm saying this morning. All these things the enemy meant to stop you from getting here. 
but because you kept your faith and your hope and your character, God worked it for your good. Hear me this morning. Every physical issue I've ever had, God will work it for good. He didn't cause it. But guess what? I am 10 times more compassionate with people that have physical issues than I were before I had it. And everything I can overcome now because of those physical issues, God worked it for good. Every mental and emotional issue I've ever had, every panic attack, every anxiety, every depression, God worked it for good. Why? Because I'm more compassionate now to people that have it than I did before. And I can help people through it because I went through it. Every person going through death and divorce the enemy meant it for evil, but God turned it for good. Why? Because I can help people and have compassion on people who went through it because I went through it myself. I know the enemy meant it to send it to destroy me, but it actually backfired on him because now I'm using it to help people with it. Using all of his weapons now against him. You thought all these things were going to take me out, but actually I flipped them and now I'm using all these things to help people with it now. I got to go. You got to go, right, guys? You got somewhere to be. I preached myself happy and I preached too long, but I meant every word I said. Do you believe it this morning? Your pastor's wild today. Just receive it. I have one last verse for you because I think you need to hear it. Let this bless you. And I'm going to give you the context of it before I read it. It's in Psalm um, 126. This is the context of it. It's God's people had, had been living in disobedience. And so they, they were taken by another country, living as exiles in slavery, And it talks about the time that God brought them back into the place that they belonged and what God was going to do in their life if they didn't give up. And the actual language in the New King James is, it says, we were like those who dreamed when God turned our captivity and I believe that's for many of you in here today. You've been living in a prison. You've been living in a place of captivity. But we are going to be like those that dreamed. Because God is going to turn those things for our good. Listen to this verse in the message and write this down. Psalm 126. It seemed like a dream. I'm prophesying this over everyone in here right now. It seemed like a dream too good to be true. When God returned Zion's exiles, we laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of all the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. Hear me this morning. And now God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. To those who planted their crops in despair will shout hoorays at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts 
Some of that's you, you in here right now will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. Did you get something this morning? Can we stand up today? Thank you, Father. Can we lift up our hands this morning? I went really long today. I apologize, guys. Hey, Miss Marion liked it, so if she liked it, then we all like it. I love you. I can't help it. I just got to get out everything in me that God put in me to tell you today. Can we just lift our hands for a second? Come on, let's just worship God for a moment if you can. So God, I thank you. Just, just lift up some thanksgiving and praise to God. God, we just come to you right now, and we, we thank you for what you're doing in our life. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. Father, I, I thank you today as the pastor of this church. I take a hold of any kind of discouragement that's been on people's lives. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Any depressing thoughts, any thoughts of giving up, I command those to go in the name of Jesus. And I command your strength and your ability and your, your faith and your energy to come into their lives and into their, their bodies and into their spirits. And Father, I pray this morning that you would stir us up as a church family, the young and the old, that, that new dreams and new visions would come into our hearts right now by the Holy Spirit, that you would start speaking to us in the days and the weeks and the months ahead. Give us new dreams and new visions of what you have for our life. And I thank you that we're going to be a church of dreamers. We're going to be a church of visionaries. We're going to be a church, a church that wants to move forward in what you have for us. And I thank you you're going to do it by the Holy Spirit. I thank you that every word for you, from you will come to pass. And your timing and your plan, everything you've spoken to us, all the dreams that you have in our heart, they will happen in your timing and plan. And we believe that today. Father, I pray that people would be refreshed and renewed today and restored in their thinking, that that discouragement would leave them today. That, Father, we commit to you. We're not going to let circumstances or life or the enemy discourage us to the point that we give up. But we're going to use it later as a greater testimony of what you've done in our life we're going to use it as a greater witness to what you brought us through. And Father, we thank you that what the enemy meant for evil will not work, but God will use it and it will work for our good instead. Every word from you has power, and we believe it today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray you get people's hopes up like never before, not in a false hope, not in a fake hope, but in a real hope, in a real God who can really do something in our life. And we thank you for it today. We're getting our hopes back up. We're getting our dreams back up. We're, we're restoring and renewing things that we have left in our past pertaining to dreams and visions, and we're going after them again. And we thank you for it today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.